In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? Welcome to St. Mark Bemidji's podcast, a podcast about redemption from our sinful failings through Jesus Christ our Lord and about the glory of the one true God now and forever. I want to thank you for joining us today. This podcast is nothing without its supporters just like you. You support us through your listening and sharing it with others. Without you, it's just ones and zeros sitting on a storage medium somewhere on the internet. It's a popular pastime in our society to wonder what's next. Some attribute it to fate, a random chance. Others give credit to concepts like karma, what goes around comes around, and the idea that those folks wonder where they lie in the balance. Those who share faith in the one true God have it quite a bit better. God has told us what to expect next and what the final outcome will be. Maybe we don't have the exact timeline, and what would we do with it if we had it anyway? We'd probably make the situation worse. The point is, there's a peace that comes with the knowing what comes next, even if it's unpleasant. And the peace flows from the fact that we know that we are in the Creator's hand, that Jesus has cleansed us from our sins through His life, death, and resurrection. And because of Jesus, we are right with our Creator. That hand is one of the protection of our souls. No matter how bad things get before the end, we have the reassurance that we will live on in eternity with Him, safe and free from sin and suffering. This is the topic that we ponder today as we listen to our meditation by Pastor Allard on a reading from Daniel, chapter 7. May God bless our time together in the Word. The Word of God before us comes from Daniel, chapter 7, just a portion of it we read. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven, and he approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. So far the word. In the stillness of the night, I dreamed, and I found myself transported to a realm beyond the confines of earthly reality. And I beheld the four winds of heaven churning up a tumultuous sea. And from the roiling depths of that ocean, from that sea, emerged four great beasts, each one distinct, each one with characteristics different from the rest. The first creature was akin to a lion, with regality, with majesty, but it also had wings. And yet in the unfolding drama of my vision, this lion's wings were torn off. And then the lion was lifted up from the ground and stood like a human and was given human intelligence, a human mind. Next came a vision of a bear raised up higher on one side, voraciously devouring, and it had three ribs clenched in its jaws. And a voice came and said to the bear, Get up and eat your fill of flesh, and it did. And then came a leopard with a swiftness that defies human comprehension. It was a blur, and it was adorned with four wings and four heads. But as the night deepened, there came a horror out of the darkness that was unlike any animal I've ever seen on earth. I have nothing to compare it to. 
It had teeth like iron, and it crushed and devoured everything that remained in its path. And unlike its predecessors, it had ten horns on its head. And it was a symbol of dominion and power that I had never seen. I, Daniel, came to understand that I had been given a brief glimpse of the divine plan. The future is what God had showed to me. And each beast was a harbinger of human kings and leaders and all of their efforts and all of their power and how it all came to an end. Dear sisters and brothers of Timothy, today I invite you to look at the divine plan unveiled in as much as God chooses to show us for now. And let's first take a look at the king and his palace. You can't miss the grandeur of the palace, can you? Allow me to read it one more time. Thrones were set in place. The Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head white like wool, and his throne was flaming with fire. I could go on. Even in this short little lesson. But you understand. Why does God show us this? The white clothing... We could start to make guesses. And I'm going to be real careful here. We make guesses based on what the rest of Scripture says. But you know what the most striking aspect of all this is? We have just one and only one time that this title is used for God. The Ancient of Days. What does it mean? We have to guess from Scripture that he is eternal. We can gather that from his hair as well, right? His clothing, we would guess, purity. His chariot throne, which has wheels. He is a military king, would be our guess. He doesn't just sit, he acts on behalf of his people. And then, the river of fire. Flowing from his throne, as if his presence cannot be contained in one realm, just in heaven itself. No, at some point, like a dam breaking forth, his presence will spill out into all places. This is the majesty of the Ancient of Days. And then there's the people around, thousands attending to his needs as if he had any needs. And then there's the millions who are gathered in front of him, waiting. Why does God do this? Because we could say that this realm of power and majesty, it is lost on us. It is so far beyond us. It's just lost on us. But that's not the only reaction we can have that goes above our heads. There's one more. I highlight from Daniel chapter 7, after all that Daniel had seen in this vision, listen to what the prophet's response was. It says, this is the end of the matter. I, Daniel, was deeply troubled by my thoughts and my face turned pale. But I kept the matter to myself. Who would you tell if you had seen this vision from God? Who would believe you, much less understand? And so Daniel bore this burden by himself, and it shook him. Do you see, the power of God is either lost on us, 
or it terrifies us. And then, one might say, comes the most terrifying part of it at all. The books are opened. The rest of Scripture has to inform us what these books are. The books that record those who are written in the book of life and the deeds of every single human being recorded meticulously. Those books are opened. And God judges the Ancient of Days, the beasts that were mentioned in Daniel's vision, and then, not spoken of in our lesson, but the judgment of all humanity. So this power of God, what is it about God that could possibly ever draw us close to him? Well, it's nothing that I just said. It's the coronation of the Son of Man. And allow me to read of this coronation of the greatest king in human history. It says, verse 13, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven, and he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence, and he was given authority. Apparently we need reminders of even things that are beyond our understanding, like the power of God. Yes, we do. Like the 12-year-old boy in a temple who was talking with the teachers of the law, and he was learning from those teachers, and he was also teaching them. And along come his mom and dad, and what does he tell his mom and his stepdad? He tells them, uh, remember, first, Joseph, you're my stepdad, and secondly, I'm about my father's business, is essentially what Jesus reminded them. They needed that reminder. The power. They also needed to be reminded his apostles many years later. When Jesus affected the miracle of the catch of the fish, and you remember when he tells his apostles, he tells them, throw the net on the other side, and they do, and all of a sudden, these seasoned veterans who were people who had fished for years saw dozens, hundreds, thousands of fish breaking the surface, and their nets are tearing. And then they call their buddies in their boat, and both boats start sinking. And what does Peter say to Jesus? I quote him. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. He understood, even if that for just that moment, he was standing in the presence of God. And Jesus didn't just show power over the depths, he showed it over the heavens when he told the storm above the Sea of Galilee to be still, and the sea became a sea of glass. The storm instantly gone. And then a few months later, they saw this same Son of Man rise into the sky itself and was hidden by the clouds. Jesus showed his power. But how does he win us? By not his power, but by extending his arms and being nailed to a cursed tree and saying, Father, forgive them all, for they do not know what they are doing. By being a son of man, human in every way, just like the rest of us, except without sin, when he was nailed to that cross, 
So when the books are opened, written in blood is innocent. Despite his appearance, though, appearing and coming just like a son of man, just like a human being, despite his appearance, don't forget the first half, the power, and continue throughout your life to listen. I've got to tell you, I as a pastor, any of us as Christians in this world, we never know if we've got any given teaching totally right. We, even if we stumble upon exactly applying his word exactly the right way in a given situation, we never know if we got it totally right. But with Jesus, it's different. When somebody speaks to us, we can hide from people. We can keep them away from us. We can avoid and reject things that human beings say, and rightly so, because we cannot trust human beings, not totally. But don't hide from the utterly approachable Son of Man. Listen to what he says. Because this is the same Jesus who approached the throne of God. Understand what this means. He walked through the river of fire and it didn't touch him. And he took his throne and he brings all of us with him. Safe and sound. This is what Jesus has done. He has lifted us so high above because of the gifts he's given us, and yet he makes it his mission. He is so beyond us, and it's his goal to bring us in and up to his throne. So can we not elevate someone in our life by speaking about this Son of Man and telling them what he has done for them. This is a kingdom Jesus brings. And the stakes cannot be higher. Can we not speak to someone else and tell them, because this is a kingdom that will go on in all perpetuity. You heard it in our lesson. Allow me to read it again. It says, he was given authority and glory and sovereign power. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Whenever you hear Jesus, let's just get this done real quick. Whenever you hear Jesus being given anything, this is not weakness. This is simply him as a human being being given something that is God he always, always had. Literally a human being accepted by God and reigning over the entire universe. Do we understand that? There's a human being reigning over the entire universe right now, who also just so happens to be God. But unlike any wonderful preacher or great teacher, unlike any mom or dad who was one of the best fathers or mothers you could have in this sinful world, unlike any great politician or congresswoman or man or president who did good by their people, even the best of leaders fade away and die. Not this one. His dominion is everlasting, and there's something even better. It's not just him that's everlasting. It's also this. I read from James chapter 1. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. The Son of Man who now sits and reigns over the universe 
is so powerful that he is able to do the same for us. To bring us into his presence without being destroyed. He is able to give gifts that are eternal. And he gives gifts that make us eternal. So in the grand theater that you just saw of Daniel's vision of the divine plan unveiled. We just heard of the rise of terrifying beasts. We just heard also of the Son of Man. And as we stand on the brink of understanding, never fully understanding that vision on this side of heaven, yet the Holy Spirit has given us the power to have that truth of God's power and also his mercy resound in our hearts. So despite the chaos, Despite the ancient of days, he still sits unshaken on his throne no matter what comes. The Son of Man reigns eternally. So go forth, dear sisters and brothers, into the unpredictable, tumultuous sea that is described in this lesson, into this tumultuous landscape that is this world, with the certainty that in the midst of earthly turbulence, we are anchored, anchored in the unassailable dominion of the Son of Man, of the eternal King, of Jesus. So approach him. You know where to find him. Amen. I sincerely pray that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Didn't get enough of God's Word? Are you missing out on that in-person fellowship? We hold divine services right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. We also live stream our Sunday divine service at 8 a.m. You can ensure that you are notified when a stream is live or a new podcast is available by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's easy to find by typing in St. Mark Bemidji in the search bar and clicking on the subscribe button. Want to listen to meditations the way I do every day? Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Go to podcastindex.org and search for St. Mark Bemidji to find us. This is our fifth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarksbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. May God bless the rest of your day.